right. Believe it or not, it's 2021. 2020 is over. Welcome to the Blue and Orange Football Podcast. We are in the playoffs. I said playoffs. And it is 2021. This is your wild card weekend show. Um, I'm going to skip to pleasantries because we have way too much going on. And as Isaac laughs in the background, because he knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. We've got way too much going on. I'm going to start this out on the best note I possibly can. I'm going to say some thoughts. I'm going to say some opinions about the thing I'm about to talk about. I will get into the hell that my life as a Browns fan has been since the greatest moment of my life as a Browns fan uh, on Sunday. We will talk about what happened Tuesday, what happened Wednesday, what happened with the fact that now the Cleveland Browns have only have not practiced. They have not Baker Mayfield has not thrown a football since Sunday while the Steelers are practicing full force. But the NFL says we don't have an outbreak. We'll get into that. We'll get into the NFL fucking the Browns like they love to do later on in the show. Let me have my five minutes of fame. Here we go. We're rolling at it. The Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs. They play on Sunday. Let me tell you something about that. My life is so weird right now when it comes to my NFL fandom. Um, I uh, was watching Black Monday. Uh, as I typically have a heavy vested interest in Black Monday when the uh, when GMs and head coaches are fired and we get to hear about uh, who the hot name head coach is, who the hot name GM, it's going to come turn this organization around. And Isaac, for the first time, I've caught myself not giving a shit. And... Yeah. It was weird, man. It was weird. And like, you're in a good spot too. I know you're not in the playoffs, but like, I think the, I think Joe judge is the guy. I think they're in good hands. Uh, But, but, but to think that after I watched all these, these teams that are not going to be playing again, and then I realized, Hey dude, you're, you're, you're prepping for another game. You're thinking about another game. You're playing on Sunday. You're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in primetime. The whole world is watching and the NFL made sure to find a way to fuck them over. We'll get to that later. I'm a little bitter. The Cleveland Browns made the playoffs. I, I will be 30 years old in, in, in 10 days, in a week and a half. I will be 30 years old. I was 10. I was 11, I'm sorry. Uh, the last time the Cleveland Browns made the playoffs. 18 years ago. 18 long seasons of just absolute abysmal football. There was a little bit in there that was good, but I'm not even saying bad football, man. There was a lot of horrible, horrible football. You, you watched some of it. You chose to not watch most of it, which was the correct decision. Deshaun Kaiser, Cody Kessler. I can name all 27 quarterbacks. People think it's funny that it's a, it's a weird party trick. I have, I can name all the quarterbacks. There's only one that matters. It's Baker Mayfield. Um, that's the only one that matters. Listen, 18 years, 18 years. Um, there's, there's a funny thing that was mentioned about that. Like, um, uh, Eminem, I'm trying to remember what it was. Eminem had the number one song in the country. The last time the Browns made the playoffs. And I think it was lose yourself. I think, I think that might've been, that sounds about right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, that made me feel really old, by the way, that that song is 18 years old. I grew up turning 30 this year. It's just kind of 
impressive. It is. It is. It is. I'm I'm in like full bore, like plan a dirty 30 kind of situation right now. I've got 10 days left in my 20s. Uh, Well, nine, I guess. And and it's eight eight thirty at night, so we're we're growing close to eight. <laughs> so they made the playoffs, and I'll say this about everybody says you know like this payoff, this payoff. Did it, does it feel worth it? All that suffering. Like, listen, I don't want another eighteen years. Yes. But dude, when they got that first down, I, the glee that I felt. The, the 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 happiness on my dad's face as they got that first down. When Baker Mayfield, oh, when when they asked Baker, they said, "Hey, John Dorsey likes you a lot." This was at the combine back in back in 2018. Hey, uh, John Dorsey likes you a lot. They have the number one overall pick. There there's a a stigma playing quarterback and going to that city. Uh, what do you think about that? About possibly going number one overall? And Baker Mayfield said, "If there is a guy to turn around this franchise, it's me." Well, last weekend that he delivered, he delivered on that promise. And uh, I will say this right now that anybody who ever slanders Baker Mayfield's name in my presence will get us a quick slap in the face. And, and he could fall off the map after this, but forever Baker will be the guy that got us back. 27 guys have tried only him and Kelly Holcomb slash Tim couch could do it. And, and, and Kelly Holcomb and Tim Couch couldn't sustain it into the next year. I've, I've, of course, that, that's when they went on the 18 years. Now, I do have one interesting, interesting, interesting perspective, I guess. Yeah, an outsider's look is in, it, yeah. Is it Baker Mayfield? Is it Kevin Stefanski? Or is it Kevin Stefanski and, in my honest opinion, a great coaching staff that was put together that brought Baker Mayfield out for him to, to put your team into this position. Oh, that, oh. That's what I think. This wasn't – this year was not Baker Mayfield taking you to the playoffs. Baker Mayfield was the man under center. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from Baker Mayfield. Right, really. Right. Please don't take it that way. But Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, would not have had success this year without the leadership of Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me let me let me let me rephrase what I said. We all put so much emphasis on the quarterback position. Um, you don't have one. You're not going to win. Um, but I'll say this. I, I, I Yes, I only prefaced it by saying that because you always talk about the quarterbacks. We don't talk about the head coaches failures that they've had. Kevin Stefanski is cool as a cucumber. 24-7. I have never seen that guy show an ounce of emotion. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. And I think that is rubbed off on Baker Mayfield. Now, don't get me wrong. Baker Mayfield is still a fiery personality. But Baker's level-headedness in this, especially this maturation process, the evolution of Baker Mayfield and what Kevin Stefanski has installed with, uh, am- I agree, an amazing coaching staff top to bottom. Yeah. What they have been able to instill in Baker, May- not just Baker Mayfield, but the the entire fifty three man roster, is is this belief in themselves? Is this belief in like like we've all heard the the used car salesman head coach the whole well we're going to coach hard work really you don't think the last guy tried to get everybody to work hard that's what's going to be the difference? No, they came in and they were like, listen guys, yeah we got to work hard, but like. We've got to study. We've got to work out. We've got to. We got to understand 
what like we can't just go out there and win 12 games tomorrow we have this mantra this go one and out, go one and oh mentality every week that kevin Spansky installed from the moment he got there they said that kevin Spansky's biggest um message to his team once the covid once covid hit once march came he said get ready guys embrace the suck there's going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of that. And if we don't embrace it, we will not succeed. They won 11 games. No one gave them that. No one, not even the biggest of Browns fans. I said 10, maybe 10. I said nine or seven, nine or 10. My dad said, nah, eight and eight or nine and nine and seven would be great. 11 wins. If COVID doesn't screw them out of all of their wide receivers, they get 12. If Nick Chubb doesn't get hurt, God knows what they do in those four and a half, four and three quarters games. I know the one they they won when he went down against Dallas. I don't know what happens if it was not a COVID. They had to learn this offense on Zoom. Kevin Stefanski is different. He has a breath of fresh air. I think he is a top eleven head coach in the NFL. That's my opinion. Somewhere in the top ten to top fifteen already. And, and, and he's also only in his second full year as a, as a play caller. I think the sky's the limit for this organization. And I think you hit it on the on the the, the, the hammer on the on the the nail on the head. There it is. Woo! It's, I got a lot going on at, at one time right here. And so, eighteen years of frustration is gone. Right? You you hit the nail on the head. It is Kevin. Stuff. It's the marriage from the top. The marriage between GM Andrew Barry, head coach Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator and, and quarterback coach Alex Van Pelt. And we'll get into that relationship with his relationship with Baker Mayfield, why I think that plays into a fact that they have a shot. I don't care what you say until the, until Baker Mayfield is gone or all my wide receivers are gone. They have a shot on Sunday. We'll get to that at the end of the show. The drought is over. I can't help but smile even when all this bad COVID news comes out this week. Even when we will not touch what happened yesterday. We're not getting into politics. That's not what this show is. But I'm smiling despite all of that because it's over. I don't care if we lose. The only reason I care if we lose Sunday is because it's the Steelers. I hate their damn fans and I'll have to hear from them all offseason no matter what. You can't use that as an excuse. You know, Colin Calvert tried to say, don't Baker, Baker Mayfield gets rolled. Don't give me the excuse about just some guard, just some guard. Peter King went on his show to let him know that his all pro at left guard this year is Joel Batonio, who's out. Joel Batonio is not just some guard. He's one of the best at his position, period. So miss me with that ish before you get into that. I'm trying to be hip. Did I use that phrase right? No, you're good. <laughs> you nailed it. Yes. All right. yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I, I throw the miss me with that ish around sometimes. That was the accomplishment of the day. Everybody is using that correctly. I used it correctly. And we can almost wrap the show up just because of that. <laughs> totally kidding. We have a lot more. To we talk have about. so much more to talk about. I will stop with my senseless rambling. I will stop at this. I love you, Baker. I love you, Kevin. I love you, Nick. I love you, Kareem. I love you, Javon. I love all of you. Um, and, and also, miss me with this Jed and, and Higgins drag racing at 1 in the morning on Tuesday. They race. They hold ass for 100 feet. We've all done it. Get over it. Yeah, who cares? Let them do. Let them live their life. Okay. That is that is talking point one of, uh, of a million for tonight's rundown playoff Browns 
Super Bowl, Super Browns. I love my Browns. I don't care what happens Sunday. This season has been amazing. I can't wait. Let's regroup in 2021, 2022 Super Bowl. We're coming for you. All right. The Giants season is over. It was an amazing season, in my opinion, for growth, because I remember, I remember, and I went back and listened to some of our early season pods and how many times the Giants were in our bottom three. And and they did not anywhere end the season in the bottom three, especially because I know they 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 finished at six and ten, but the, they were not playing like a six and ten team down the stretch. So Giants season over. Let's give a, a little bit of a wrap up. We're going to get more into it as we get into the off season. But uh, how do you feel? Where do you want to scale one to ten on uh, how good you feel about this season and what it means going into the future? Well, I mean, we won't touch on it too much. I'll address the, the win against the Cowboys and my thoughts on the Eagles game and, you know, our outstanding. But the tanking of one quarter by the Eagles. I'm optimistic for the future of the New York football Giants. I really am. Um, you know, th- there's some upsetting things with Dave Gettleman um, that appears to be retaining his job for another year. <laughs> the most disappointing thing of that is I cannot stand Dave Gettleman. Everybody knows it. It is uh, not a secret. <laughs> but from what I've read on some certain reports of reporters that specifically follow the Giants is that Joe Judge has had no input on this. Um, John Mara just made the decision. and I don't like that. I don't either. Mm-hmm. You bring in a coach, I feel like he should have some, you know, not the decision-making powers. That's not his job. No, 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 no. But he should have some say. They, so, there needs to be a marriage. That's why it never worked in Cleveland. GM, their GM yeah. and their coach were never aligned. I think the only thing that saved Dave Gettleman, honestly, is this past year's free agency. Yeah. I, re- I think that if he didn't get a guy like James Bradbury, we'd be having a different conversation. But nonetheless, we'll get into that um, in the offseason after the playoffs. Look, I'm optimistic for the year, uh, next year, this upcoming football season. Um, the jury's still out on Daniel Jones. Now, I took a, a little bit of time to reflect. Um and Daniel Jones has his issues, don't get me wrong. But we saw again against the Cowboys, if he has protection, he plays a lot better for football. Yeah. And he's blatantly needs addressed in the offseason is he has had, he has to have a legitimate number one receiver at some point in time. Does that mean we go to the draft? Does that mean we go to go to free agent? I don't know. We'll talk about it later, but they need to build around him if that's their guy. Look, he was having some um, interception issues. And then he had the longest streak in the NFL consecutive passes without an interception. I think it was like 162 passes. And then Evan Ingram hits him right in the hands. And somehow the team, uh, the opposing team, intercepts the ball. I don't get it. Like, seriously, the ball hit him. This is Evan Ingram. I've seen, I, I actually have seen this, this interception. Like, yeah, I. It just kills me. It I had to me. look it up because you texted me about it, and I told my dad, and I was like, oh, my God, here goes Evan Ingram again. I don't know what he did, but Isaac's pissed again. Oh, I was hot, dude. I was so hot. I was, you know, I was texting my brother, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. This is a pro ball team. I'm yeah. telling you, I think his vote to the pro ball, pro ball was just a, like, I think that was a troll. I really do. 
Like, it's starting to feel like it. It really is. The dude's garbage. He really is. Like, he's bad. Anyway, look, I think the Giants are going to have a better year next year. We beat the Cowboys. We ended the season on a good note. I yeah. really like um, And they played really well against the Giants. They got went out, or they played really well against the Cowboys. The Giants went out on a, on a decent lead. Um, and then they let the Cowboys be successful in the second half. And the Giants' defense, you know, made a difference. Um, so ended on a good note. Like I said, you know, I was, you and I have talked over the past week about the Eagles and their tanking of one quarter. And look, I'm going to pre- preface this with the Giants. As much as I would have liked to see them in the playoffs, they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. They needed to win more games. Yeah. You can't rely on other teams. Yeah. You have to rely on your, yourself. Look at the Browns, for example. They were in a win and end situation. Their destiny. In their future, solely laid in their own hands. Yeah, the Giants didn't win enough games to do that. So, and I don't think you know if you, you talk to a true Giants fan or any of the Giants supporters, they're all going to tell you the same thing. Look, we can't rely on the Eagles to do anything to get us in the playoffs. It is what it is. My point with being upset and disappointed with the Eagles is like I was watch- I watched the whole game. Know, because it had major implications for the Giants. And it was really disappointing to see what occurred. Um, the Giants ended on a good note, and that's it. I'm happy with it to see what happens next year. But as we go into the next talking point with the Eagles, look, you know, yeah, Jalen Hurts, I think he was had like 72 yards passing and seven for 18 completions, something like that, uh, interception. But he was being productive with his legs. You know, it was a it was an interesting game to watch. I mean, it was close. And then all of a sudden, they put the backup in, and there was no really rhyme or reason why. And you could just tell uh, they weren't producing anymore. And the game was over, and that is what it is. So, yeah, I think they intentionally tanked in the fourth quarter. Did they do it because they didn't like the, the Giants? I don't know. Maybe. Did they do it so they didn't have the ninth pick and they got the sixth pick overall? Maybe. Um, is it kind of insulting to the game of football? Yeah, I yeah. think it is. And it, Joe Judge, it was. And you're not the only national people said that. Too. Yeah. And Joe Judge hit a spot on, and I sent you the link earlier this week of kind of a presser that he had. Um, and he had he, he was this look, look, guys. You know, it's not their fault we're not into the playoffs, but we have a team of young men who sacrifice and dedicate their lives to the game. And those sacrifices don't just stop with the players, it's to the families. And he was saying, this is a COVID world that we're living in. We're asking guys to forget their wife's birthdays and not celebrate it. They don't go to Christmas, don't go to Thanksgiving. We can't be doing that. They sacrifice their lives just as many of us have done. And they're working for one thing. And he says, you owe it to your guys to put them in a a position of success. And so I thought that was huge, not only for what he said, but uh, I've always liked Joe Judge this year, but that press conference right there, kind of what gave me even more hope for the future, because I see a guy that puts his guys first, um, and he puts his team first, and he, he will do whatever it takes to put them in a good position. The Giants need a lot of help, but I think... For the first time in a while, I think we've got a really good coach. It seems like they want to have Jason Garrett back. Daniel Jones has gone out and said that he loves working with Jason Garrett, so that's good. 
that's a good thing to have an OC and a, and a QB have a good meshing. Um, their defensive coordinator, he said that he, like, he signed a, an extension with the Giants. He's going to be there, so he's not going anywhere, which is awesome. I mean, so we're yeah. going to get our DC back. Fantastic but, coordinator. I think Patrick Graham's a, a fantastic defensive coordinator, yeah. Yeah, so I'm optimistic. We'll jump into all of that in later episodes. Um, but it's been an interesting week. The Giants season is over. Um, I'm going and rooting for the Browns thick and thin through now um, for the postseason. I hope they do well. Uh, I want to see them win. I do. I, I, I know you say you're going to be okay if they lose, and I respect that. I'd be the same way if the Giants were in. Um, but I know there's deep down part of you. You want them to crush the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you want them to be that Cinderella team. I want them to take the life out of that ever-loving yeah. stadium. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I think they have, the, they have the talent to do it. Let's see if the NFL continues to screw them over. Um, Can we just practice, like, one damn time? Seriously. It's, it's Friday. It's not. Well, yeah, it's about to be It's going to be Friday before they can uh, practice. You play Sunday night. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's fair at all. We've seen other teams have, you know, COVID in it, and – they don't get treated this way. You know what I mean? Like it's the the thing that gets me is 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 what the NFL's thing is. They're saying, "Hey, we're not canceling. We're not moving games so that you can get people back for a competitive. We're not moving it because of, com- of a competitive disadvantage. We're only worried about players' uh, safety." But at this point, these guys aren't practicing. These guys haven't done anything since Sunday. That's a player safety issue. If the first time they play is a week later, the first time they're they're going through drills and yeah. they pull a hammy. What was the difference of this game being pushed back a couple of days to the other games this season that's been pushed back to a Tuesday or a Wednesday? That is the damn Browns. Exactly. And, and that's where I, it's just not right to me. We've seen so many times this season where we have seen games pushed from Sunday to Tuesday or Wednesday or, or whatever. And now you've got a team that hasn't practiced going into a playoff game, not practicing, puts players at an inherent risk of safety of not being fresh enough. Yes, they're professionals, but practice serves an important role in player development and player safety. It's just everybody knows that. And you can't go to the gym right now. It's not like these guys are in these state-of-the-art facilities. I, I, I don't know what these guys got. Like, I don't know where they're living, what their situations are. But I feel like at most they've got a Peloton, you know, maybe some weights. Like, I, I don't know. They're, 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 going, they're not going to be not in shape. But like you said, you, you're running this, this risk. And, and, and we're going to leapfrog. We're going to get into the part where the NFL is fucking the Browns, I guess. Because we're, we're, we're firing right into this. So we're going to leapfrog. And we'll talk about the Deshaun Watson situation that just came out prior to us recording, which is a lot of fun. I think that this offseason with all the quarterbacks that could be on the move is going to be awesome. So here's, here's the thing. I will take you quickly through my timeline, and then we'll get back to this exactly. The timeline of this weekend. Bliss Sunday. Bliss Monday. Tuesday, I learned that 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 Kevin Stefanski, the savior of Cleveland, has the Rona, and that All Pro guard Joel Batonio, who has suffered through the last six miserable seasons in Cleveland to finally make the playoffs, the guy that Stefanski gave the game ball to, the longest tenured Brown, can't play. My heart broke. But let me tell you what Tuesday was like. It was like getting kicked in the nards, like. Like everything. That's specifically what he said over text when we were talking about these guys. <laughs> really, 
word for word said that. I was like, man, I just feel like I woke up like I was just like on top of the world, like I like I was on on Victory Monday. I was taking pictures on my Victory Monday coffee, telling you everybody how it tasted sweet. And I was twittering or tweeting about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, I'm not a dad, but I'm a dad, like in the way I talk. So just understand that. Um, but like I was and then I just got kicked right in the narts. Like everybody was like, hey, Rona's still here. I know it's 2021, but it only took like three days into 2020. I mean, I mean, like the world's already ending. It took six days, like six days for 2021. And then, and then I realized, oh, right. Time is just a, a human abstract concept. It's not 2021 is not going to be any different. I think I think 2021 is going to be better. I'm not I'm not a pessimist, but like I got kicked in the nards right like like 2021 was like, hey, by the way, Ohio State national championship. Oh, yeah. uh, the Browns playoff drought over, but do it without Stefanski, Batonio, uh, Kadero Hodge, who's amazing, right in the nuts. I it's, it's when I remembered that I'm a fan of the Cleveland Browns franchise and that I'm never allowed true happiness when it comes to the NFL, to my football fandom. It's never going to happen. I can have one good team, Ohio State or Cleveland. The fact that there's a two at this point, I knew it was it's going to come crashing down horribly. And just like it's like a train wreck. You can't stop watching. I have periodically deleted Twitter off my phone. Uh, off and on for several hours the this whole week like like uh the Stefanski news I think I I tweeted out like to everybody I was like hey guys like I love you all good I uh, hope you have a great day but that's enough internet for me and like I I, I do out for for a little while and then I would come back just to check and see if anything like maybe it was a false positive no that's not gonna happen but like the NFL told us the reason they weren't moving the game was that there was no evidence that it was being transmitted in the facility. That's what they told us about last week. Uh, they said, we found like three or four different strains of COVID, which tells us that they're bringing it into the facility, not going home with it. Um, and this, we found out today that there now is evidence that it was that, that on game day, because the Browns haven't been in the fucking building since game day. That, that it was transmitted among among to Ronnie Harrison, who's now out, added to the COVID list today so that the building could stay closed. And um, uh, but immediately, still on 15 Sunday. See you there, NFL money train keeps on rolling. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Fuck you. Fuck the NFL. And I know I've got a lot of F-bombs coming out on this show. There's an E next to the damn description of the podcast. So if you're upset that I'm dropping explicit expletives, the fucking words that mean curse words, then fuck you. That's what I think about you, too. That's all I'm saying. All right. My podcast fucking suck. Deal with it. Okay. I'm just like, I get it. Like the NFL's upset that, they, that the Browns are in the playoffs, I guess. Although I think the NFL is a better place when the Browns are good because I think we're some of the best fans in the world. I mean, we suck. Yeah. Some of us suck. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so. right. It, but they're the most passionate. Like like Pat McAfee talked about like being playing in blistering cold temperatures in Cleveland uh, when the Browns were well out of it in December in the place rocking. 
And that, that's who we are. Baker talked about the 12,000 that were there when we clinched the playoffs on Sunday, just making him feel he's like, I'll never forget that feeling. And there was only 12,000 people there. Uh, and if you haven't seen what Baker and Emily Mayfield did for Tom, uh, a lifelong Browns fan who only has a few more li- weeks to live in the fact that they flew him out there, gave him there. F- they flew him there from Savannah, Georgia. Fans raised money to get him th- all the way up there to watch the game. Emily Mayfield let him sit in their suite. Baker Mayfield drove him back to the hotel after the game. He got to beat Baker, ba- Baker Mayfield. And, 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 kudos again to, to my quarterback, you know, and to his wife and, and the awesome stuff they did with that. And if you haven't got to see that, uh, that story, if you want to go on, you can find it somewhere on the internet, but only do so if you want to cry, because I, I, I've cried several times this week about, uh, of videos about the Browns making the playoffs, but I've also been kicked in the nuts like three times over the Browns making the playoffs. So my last thing is, um, the NFL stop lying to us that you care about the players, social justice movements, um, because you said that and you let them put these things on the helmets, but really you did it because you thought you were going to get more money. Stop telling us you care about player safety. Um, when you just care about the fucking games being played so that you can make your damn dollar, just stop lying to us about it. And maybe we'll feel a little bit better. That's it. That's that you can say, you can say whatever you, I know you probably got something to say. You can say whatever you want about it, but that's me. That's it. That's I'm done. Uh, I agree, man. Like, the NFL is a money-making machine. It's a business. And I agree with you. They make rules. They make policies. They make recommendations. make decisions from what they say is based off of player, personnel, or whatever you call it, safety. But at the end of the day, to them, it's about money. Dollar bills, baby. The uh, social justice for players... That's about money, and that's about being worried you're going to lose money if you don't do something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Two years ago, or even last year, when it was, no, you can't put anything on your helmet. You can't put anything on your cleats. You can't do any of that, but now you can. We've had this conversation before. You and I have both had the agreement that the players should be able to do what they want. Um, Without them, there's no NFL. Yeah, the players should be able to do what they want. They should be given a parameter very similar to what they have done with the helmets and yeah. be able to use that as a platform. We've, we've been talking about that for years, and now we have the great for the players, but the NFL, the, the brass of it, did it, I think, personally, for selfish reasons. Anyway, I sincerely hope the Browns, even with the cards potentially stacked against them right now with Kevin Stefanski, which I feel terrible for why can't you? Why, why? Okay, this is an archaic rule because they think there's going to be some uh, – he's not allowed to communicate during the game. Kirk Herbstreit called Ohio State's game from home because he was COVID positive. Why the hell can't he do that? Like, like I get it. You think he might cheat. Okay, put him in a room with two NFL officials in hazmat suits. Like, they can see through the glass. They stand outside the door and watch him. And all he has is a TV and a phone. Why can't – like, that's bullshit. And I get it. It's the NFL. They can make anything they want happen. Why can't he Why can he not be put into a press conference as own, his own room? Yeah. Before the game, before anybody else gets there, he stays in that room. Brought in through a back door, hazmat suit on, whatever you want. Why can't you do that? I mean, I mean, out of – 
if there are fans there, out of thousands of there, fans, there will not be fans there. There will not be fans. No, just there. just um, friends and family. So, well, with the Browns, for example, twelve thousand people. Out of those people that are at any of the NFL games, whether it's the Browns, whoever it is, there's one person who probably has filled it. They're probably it's probably there. Yes, yeah. So take your precautions, but let the guy coach, man. Whether it's at home with officials, whether it's in a locked bubble at the stadium with officials, and and I'm not not Browns officials, NFL officials. I'll give them that. Right. Do something, man. I feel bad for the guys. First season as a head coach, he's missing his first playoff game. That sucks. Just shove it. That's what I think. Yeah. Let's talk about this Deshaun Watson thing, okay? I apparently broke it to you during the pregame warm-up. Uh, our, our, our pregame our, – I say pregame warm-up. I'm on football mode, man. But uh, when we were doing our rundown before we started recording. So basically this is what's going on. Deshaun, I don't know that he – like like some people I think are blowing this up a little bit saying that he wants out, although he might. Um, listen, that organization has failed. Did you know he set career highs in every – uh, category this year. I didn't know that because that's how bad they've been as a team because of, well, our favorite person in the world, Bill O'Brien. By the way, by the way, they have the fourth overall pick. It belongs to the Miami Dolphins. So anyway, <laughs> and they traded D, D, they traded D hop and they still don't have a first round pick. Okay. So here's what, this is what I understand is going on. So uh, McNair, the owner of, of the um, Mr. Cal, Mr. Cal McNair, Cal McNair, yeah. I can't remember his first name. Uh, Mr. McNair, the owner down there in Houston, told Deshaun, "Hey man, we are going to be very much value your input. You will have a say and a little bit of input." with the GM and the head coaching hire. And, you know, we'll ask you and we'll tell you who we're, you know, interviewing. We'll ask you what you think of them. Not that he's going to make the decision, but he's going to have some input. They could tell him to shove it, but they still are going to listen to him. Um, it has come out now that he's furious because it's not because he is mad with the, with the, the hire. I can't pronounce his last name from the – I think it's Cicero, but uh, I keep messing it up, so I'm not going to – but they hired the guy from the Patriots and uh, apparently asked nothing, did not run it by Deshaun, did not ask what he thought about it, did not, did not even – I don't know if they didn't interview anybody that Deshaun wanted them to interview. And it's not that he hates the hire, but once again, you promised me input. I didn't get any. They, I think they're currently, maybe it's changed since I last checked. The only team that is hiring of the six that has not in, interviewed Eric Bieniemy. Listen, I don't think Eric Bieniemy is going to be a good coach. I think that's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, not Bieniemy. But Patrick Mahomes talked to Deshaun and said, Hey man, Bienemy is awesome. You should get him over there. You will flourish under him. And so he went and told the, the Texans, like, hey, let's at least let's interview him. I've been told by my boys that this guy is a great coach. I would like to at least hear him out. Uh, they're not even interviewing him. And, and so the, the two things that they promised to Sean they would do, they're not doing it. And apparently he is very irate about it. Look, I mean – I get being upset over broken promises. I really do. I understand that. Um, I understand wanting to have input and then potentially valuing his input on a GM decision um, and coaching decision. But 
at the end of the day, this is going to sound probably bad, but Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is a player. And he is not in a position to make the decisions on who the coach is or who GM is. He can provide input. He can provide opinions. Now, maybe they're running the whole thing completely different. I don't know, especially with, you know, Bill O'Brien kind of serving as both, you know, coach and GM. They're in a unique situation. That shouldn't have happened in the first place, but it did. And they're paying Yeah. So I get why Deshaun Austin is upset. I really do. Because if I was in that situation, if you were in that situation, and, you know, if you were a player, I was a, uh, the owner, and so I was like, hey, man, I want you to be involved in our, in our process of going forward. We build around you. We want to make sure you have the buy-in. Will you be involved? And then I go and I make the decisions. Like, you know what? On second thought, I really like this guy for some reason. We're going to completely ignore your opinion, and we're going to break that up. I promise you're going to be upset. Yeah. And if roles were reversed, I would be upset too. So I completely understand. At the same time, unfortunately, they do have the power and the responsibility, I guess. Maybe that's not the right word for it, but they do have the authority to make that decision. Like, you know what? Second thought, you're not going to get your input. Sorry about your luck. But, all that does is hurt the Texans. It alienates your franchise quarterback. Deshaun Watson is your guy, yeah. right? In my opinion, with you already being gutted for the most part, you don't have a coach, you don't have a GM, you, you don't have a first-round draft pick, you don't have Denard Hopkins, you don't really have a really good running, you, don't, you, you have a pretty bad team. Why are you going to make your best player on that team feel alienated? It's tough. Potentially be like, look, I don't want to play here anymore. Trade me out. Yeah. That says yes. They have the authority to make that decision, but that was the wrong decision to do. Yeah. They needed to. If they said that they wanted to include Deshaun Watson, they needed to do it not only for his development, even if you don't listen to him, even if you don't listen to him. And I bet you he would have understood that he just wanted to be listened to. You said you were going to listen to him. Listen to him. Yeah. It takes 20 minutes. Listen, listen to the guy out. Make your decision. If you still land on Nick Casario or whatever, it is, make that decision. That's yeah. your decision. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't make your your uh, franchise QB mad because I guarantee you, if they made the decision that they had after still talking with Deshaun Watson, we would not be seeing these headlines saying he's upset to the point is he going to ask for a trade because that look man I've worked in environments very similar to this where you're asked for an opinion or saying hey you know we're, we want, want you to be involved in this and then you're not involved into it and it feels like a slap in the face I get it I understand what he's feeling for yeah it was their decision to make that decision but that doesn't mean it was the right one and all that does like you said it alienates your star play and you don't want that. You really do not want that. When you're talking about decision decisions like this, it, it, it always and, you, and we use the phrase decision. It always reminds me of the first Avengers when when uh, Nick Fury, when they say when the council says, "Well, we gave you our decision," and he goes, "Yeah, but seeing as it was a dumb decision, I chose to ignore it." Yeah, yeah. It just always reminds me of that. Okay, listen, we're about to barrel into the playoffs. First things first, I. Will be a graceful loser. I I lost by five games, and the pick'em 
Uh, I have to wear a Pittsburgh Steelers shirt for an entire day, uh, including a paid-for buy-me lunch. Um, it's horrible that I'm going to have to spend my money on Pittsburgh gear, but uh, I'm a man of my word. You, you can buy the crappiest Pittsburgh. Spend three dollars. You spend fifty cents on it. I don't care. It's not worth a lot of money. I don't care if I spend one penny on it. It's going to be a waste of my money. <laughs> and I'll burn it afterwards. I don't give a shit. So if you were following along, we did. There was a few weeks. You know, life hit us. Holidays hit us. We didn't record several Thursdays where we recorded late, so we didn't um, pick the Thursday night game. So no, we did not pick all 256 games. I also don't like to pick weeks one, two, and three because I think you don't really know what's going on. Final tally, I want, I was 81, 49 and one. Uh, Isaac goes 86, 44 and one. Um, basically take our picks to the bank, win you some cash. We'll talk about it next year. Uh, we're getting ready to be involved with Blue Wire Hustle. I'm very excited about the future of this podcast going in to the end of tail end of season two, going into season three next year. All right. So that's me talking about that. We'll talk about our playoff predictions and our playoff Super Bowl contest uh, where I think the loser hosts uh, the Super Bowl party. All right. See what I'm saying? Buys the snacks yeah. for a Super Bowl party. Yeah. Okay. I like that. And then we'll and then we'll just make picks on the Super Bowl for fun. So yeah. before we go into the playoffs, before I talk about the fact that I still believe in the Cleveland Browns, we'll see if I pick them. I still don't know. We'll find out in like ten minutes. Fast forward. Okay. Before we go into the playoffs, I want to give you the opportunity to your. And this can be biased. This can uh, be on the Giants because I know you care. Um, and you can even do both. You could. Do, I want the biggest surprise this year and your biggest disappointment this year. You could give me a biggest surprise for the Giants and the NFL and the disappointment for the NFL and the Giants or just one or the other. I don't care. But what is your biggest surprise or surprise is or your biggest disappointment slash disappointments in the NFL this season as we have wrapped up the regular season and 18 teams are home? What do you know? It has been a roller coaster of a season. It really has. Um, so to prelude my picks, I guess, so to say, as far as surprises and disappointments, it's been a unique year with COVID. Um, it has been wonderful to have football back consistently during the fall because that thing that we all look forward. So one of my surprises is throughout the entire season, regular season that is, we have seen all games. And that is something that you and I talked about earlier in the we didn't quite know if we were going to see 17. We didn't know if we were going to finish the season. We didn't know if games were going to get canceled. But as much as we hate to know we dog on the NFL, at least we were able to see all of the games, whether we agree with their protocols or not. So that is my biggest overarching surprise. But down to the nitty gritty, man, as one of my biggest surprises and disappointments for all in one is how terrible that East was. Yeah. Um, and you know, I didn't, I didn't expect the Giants to be the best thing, but I, I expected the Cowboys to be a lot better than they did. I really thought that they were going to be good. I mean, they had that Prescott; they were bloated. I mean, they had McCarthy a duped us, man. He duped us all. Yeah. Like. But 
it is what it is, but all of the teams were bad. And so that was surprised me a little bit, and that was really disappointing because the NFC East, man, you used to think that and the NFC East is one of the tougher divisions. That is not the case anymore. The Browns, I expected them to improve, but 11-5. In third place in the division. Under a new head coach, under a new leadership all around. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. In third place in the division, that is a testament to how tough that division mm. is. Yeah, unless you're the Bengals and you just suck. Um, but it is what it is. But look, this season has been full of ups and downs. It's been full of exciting things. Um, as far as disappointments go, I don't know, man. Like... I don't have any major, major disappointments. I mean, uh, there are some surprising moments where teams just weren't um, as good as they should have been. For example, or I thought they would have been better, but they actually were not. Um, so, but all in all, it's been a good season. There's been some surprises, some good surprises and disappointments. What about you? This is my thing. My, my biggest surprise is the Green Bay Packers. And I'll say this because of this. I called them the worst 13-3 and football team ever at the beginning of this year and at the end of last year. And they were. I think it was deserved. But after that, Aaron Rodgers is the best I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers this year. He's the MVP, period. Yeah. If you say it's anybody else, you're probably wrong. I, I, there's a couple arguments to be made, especially about Patty Mahomes. There will always be an argument to be made. Um, no, but... Patty Mahomes is not, he's had a good season, but he hasn't had an MVP type of season like Aaron Rodgers has. Aaron Rodgers is just on another world. I think he is my he is my they are my biggest surprise how well Aaron Rodgers is elevated in year two of Matt LaFleur's offense. It also gives me hope that that's what Baker does in year two of Kevin Stefanski's offense. We'll get into that in the offseason. My biggest disappointment is is Minnesota. I picked them to win the division. Uh it was they just uh, they missed Kevin Stefanski. I mean, you, everybody told me that the Stefanski hire was stupid because it was actually Kubiak. Well, Kubiak was the guy this year, man. And they, they, they are, they're on the home, they're home on the couch and the Browns are playing on Sunday. So it's in the NFC North. Those are my biggest, my biggest surprise. My biggest disappointments are right there for you. I know you have it up. So key it up. It's time. Playoffs. We are talking playoffs. I can see you. Getting them games up there on you. So throw the first one at me. What do you got? Let's make some picks. All right. Saturday, our first game of the day is Indianapolis versus your Buffalo Bills. That's right. Listen, first off, super wild card weekend, back to back double, triple, triple headers this weekend. Days, yeah. Also, like, the fact that they didn't put the Browns as the Nickelodeon game still surprises me. I figured for sure they were going to be the Nickelodeon game. That's your – I think that's the Saints game. It's the 4 o'clock Sunday game. I think so, yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to make the pick right now. The Buffalo Bills will be in the Super Bowl. Uh, that's Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not ready to say they win the Super Bowl, but I'm telling you, I'm ready to say they win the AFC. Uh I Josh Allen is my boy, and that defense, man, that defense, like what they did to Tua in Miami 
which by the way, don't even miss me with Brian Flores as coach of the year after what you saw when he had a win and end chance and he blew it. Kevin Stefanski by far is the coach of the year, but it also might be Sean McDermott in Buffalo. Listen, Buffalo's going to the Super Bowl. Give me Buffalo to beat Indianapolis in uh by by a bunch. You know, this game is conflicting. My I don't know. I don't I don't like I don't like Buffalo for the Super Bowl. I don't pick them to win the Super Bowl um, or be in the Super Bowl necessarily. I think that we're I like Josh Allen. I really do. But we saw Josh Allen shred it last season and then get to play in the playoffs last year and then really play like an idiot and make some terrible decisions that we've seen him this year make terrible decisions. Um, and when teams get in the playoffs, dude, you've watched the playoff games. It's different. The playoffs are so different than regular season. Um, Indianapolis Colts have a veteran quarterback. And, you know, albeit not a whole lot of success in the playoffs. Even even when he wasn't old. You know, yeah. So it's tough. It is tough for me. I'm dragging my feet on this because I don't know which way I want to go. I'm going to give the Bills one game as of right now in the playoffs. I'm going to see how I feel later on if they win. Um, I'm going to kick myself for picking against the Colts if they they lose because my gut's telling me this could be an upset. It really is. My gut is like... Don't make this decision, but I'm locking it in to those mafias. It's, it's the right pick. It's the right pick. All right, give me the four o'clock. Four o'clock. We have got the Los Angeles Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, I don't know. Listen, so this game is probably for me the hardest game to pick. Uh, Jared Goff is officially questionable. Uh, only about what, like ten days after having thumb surgery, John Wolford was like. Very fascinating and interesting to watch him in his first game against Arizona. Seattle's defense has been a lot better, especially after they got Carlos Dunlap. But after the first seven games, Russell Wilson turned back into human. Uh, human, he's no longer anywhere near the MVP. We don't talk about him anymore after we talked about how he's a superhero. Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams. I'm taking the Rams. See, this is our first different one. I'm taking the Seahawks, man. I think that even though Russell Wilson has been lagging a little bit, it seems, it's still Russell Wilson, man. He's got over 4,000 yards passing, four touchdowns, not a lot of interceptions, and DK Metcalf is a difficult human to stop. I, I think that is going to be the difference. We'll see. It's going to be huge, huge deal that Cooper comes back for the Rams. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. All right. Prime time, Saturday night. Line it up. Ooh, Tampa Bay and Washington. Easy. Easy. Washington. Did you know Washington scores like less than 20 points a game? Like they have one of the worst offenses that have ever yeah. played in, 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 uh, I don't care who's out there at quarterback. I, it, 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 it's Brady season, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa Bay wins that game. Um, I, I can I see some things in Washington, especially the defense that I've seen in, in former Giant seasons where they've gone to the playoffs and make runs. 
but their talent really stops on the defensive front line. I mean, that that thing, if they had more depth out of that, maybe I'd pick different. But I love Alex Smith, man, but he's just not going to be able to do it. I would love to be wrong on that pick, but I'm, I'm probably not. Yeah. Going into Wild Card Sunday, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock game, we've got a couple of 11-5 and five teams with the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. That's going to be a tough one. I mean, unfortunately, Lamar Jackson has been playing in a way that he's difficult to stop. He's not, you know, I, I'm going to stick to my guns and say he doesn't, if you, if you can limit him to throwing the ball, teams can beat him. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, he can say, oh, well, I'm pretty good running, but whatever. If you force him to throw the ball consistently, teams can beat him. Oh, I'm with you on that. I'm not arguing. He beats people with his legs, and right now he's running all over people. I don't see the Titans being able to stop that. However, Derrick Henry, scary, scary individual. That 2,000 yards. The, that dude is the man. Um, I'm taking the Ravens on this one. I'm really, like, up in the air about this. I think I'm back and forth trying to figure it out. Uh, Vrabel kind of has, um, you know, Baltimore's number, especially in the playoffs last year. Uh, Excuse me. Do they – do they – do they – I don't know. Does Lamar turn into playoff Lamar again? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't want to pick him, but I'm going to take Baltimore. I think that's a good decision, man, because I – you limit them. You know who I almost said? DeMarco Murray. Remember him from the Cowboys? Oh, I know. Yeah, I remember DeMarco. Arkansas Razorback. Yeah. world he popped into my head, but I was thinking – and I can't even think of his name now. Mark Ingram. No, no. The, <laughs> that is so Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah Derrick Henry. I was okay. thinking and I was about to talk about Derrick Henry and then for some reason... Just DeMarco Murray invaded. Just invaded my head. That That's fantastic. Man, I haven't heard that name in years. He's been out of the NFL several years. Yeah. The Nickelodeon game. Set me up. Nickelodeon. Let's go. Your your Chicago Bears and New Orleans Saints. Is this Drew Brees' last season? I think so. Yes, but it's not his last game. Exactly. I'm taking the Saints. Easy. Saints will be rolling into town. I've been debating it for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. (laughs) I'm on it. I'm all aboard. I just, I'm starting to see bulletin board material how Juju just mentioned it looks like people are saying the Browns are a good team but they might be still the old Browns you think Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Miles Garrett are going to take that sentence down I don't think so the Browns with the upset Sunday Night Football this is a tough one for me to pick Um, I don't think I've picked against them all year because like you know it is what it is but like Fuck Pittsburgh. I picked against them once against Pittsburgh, I think. Yeah, you were right. It was a uh, bloodbath. But, you know, I was going for picks. But look, and I know I ramble on my picks because I try to justify it in my head a little bit. Uh, but that's why we're on a podcast, right? We're here to talk about football and our thoughts. Look, Cleveland is going to this game at a slight disadvantage because they don't have Kevin Stefanski. However, 
they still have their players, man. They've got Baker Mayfield, they've got Miles Garrett, and they've got young guys that are getting into the playoffs, and they're going to be excited for it. Hungry. Hungry. But what have we seen in the playoffs? We have seen sometimes inexperience in the playoffs hurt teams. Um, we saw that with Josh Allen last year with the Bills. Inexperienced inexperience got With that being said, I'm taking the Cleveland Browns to upset. There it is. There it is. I think the young, I think the young, eat it, get after mentality is going to win. I think Baker Mayfield is going to show up and take control. One and zero this week is all that matters. And I'm going to tell you right now, if we're still talking about another Browns football game when we sit down to do this next Thursday, uh, I will never ask God for anything else in my entire life. I promise. I promise. I promise this time, and I actually mean it this time. I mean it. This time I mean it. It is going to be a fun weekend. I'm I think. Start, you know. I think. I think God knew I was. Uh, uh, I was full of shit when I asked him for to to make Justin Tucker miss that field goal in Monday Night Football against the Ravens. I was like, I'll never ask for anything ever again. And he was like, Bullshit. <laughs> you'll you'll do this next Sunday. <laughs> It's going to be an exciting playoffs, and we've got uh, Super Bowl snacks and all of that running running on the line for it. It's going to be interesting. And only one game that matters this weekend. Only one game that's picked differently. So, yeah. It'll be it's more interesting when you get out of the wild cards because like you got the Bears who were who were eight and eight. You've got a seven and nine team. Like you know, there's a few there's a few duds on there now. Not really on the AFC side. You had a ten win team not make the playoffs in Miami. Right. So like it's it, it's a little bit I think more evenly balanced on that side. So I think that's it. I think we're gonna sign yeah. off for the week and uh, we'll we'll holler at you guys next time. Y'all have a good week.